Did Alabama suck last year? Let's talk about that. Good morning, everyone. My name is Wes Taylor. This is the Daily Panthers Podcast. You can follow us, and by us, I mean me, at Daily Panthers on Twitter for all of your Carolina Panthers news, reactions, sports, and all other things related to the Carolina Panthers. Let's jump into it. Uh, So first off, I just want to say that I hate reaction channels and I hate lazy people who quote-unquote create content but don't actually create any content. Reactions are like at the lowest of the low end. Providing commentary is different than a reaction. If you're doing a reaction, you're literally just emotionally reacting to whatever is happening or you are letting AI do the work and asking AI to rank, say, the top five Panthers of all time and producing it as content. You're literally doing no work whatsoever. So don't tweet out or send out or podcast out. We plugged in blank, blank, blank to AI and this is what it gave us. That's not content. That's not creation. That's not creativity. That's just lazy. Don't do that. Create your own content. Talk about your own stuff. At least provide commentary to something that's real and not something that's produced by AI. And now I wonder how much of ESPN scripts are produced by AI. I wonder if they just plug ideas into the AI generator or whatever. What is it called? Um, Chat GPT. I wonder if they plug it into there and just ask it for its opinions on what they should talk about. Um, because they don't really talk about sports anymore. And it's mostly politics every time I turn it on. It's something else about Brittany Griner or LeBron or some other opinion about what's happening overseas. But I'm not going to get into all that. I haven't watched ESPN in so long outside of just live sports. So, yeah. Um, and then... The Celtics won last night. If you're a Celtics fan and you live in Charlotte, there's plenty of them. Congrats. Y'all didn't get swept. But I just wanted to talk today about Bryce Young and those Alabama football teams that he was a part of. Because you know, um, the year before last, he won the Heisman. He was the clear favorite. I don't remember his stat line off the top of my head, but it was amazing. And then last year, he did not win the Heisman, but he still did very well. And I gotta say, after watching some film, go watch it for me. Go watch it. And I just want you to look at one thing. Just one little thing. Watch the line every play. Watch his offensive line at the beginning of every snap and tell me which way they are going. Because it was rough. I did not realize. I'm not an Alabama fan. The only time I watched them is if it is like a primetime game like Alabama LSU or something like that where it's like a top 10 matchup. So, you know, you're watching them, I guess, fairly often if that's the case. But I feel like I only watch them like a couple times a year. Them and other teams in the top 10, you know, you want to watch those top 10 matchups even if they're not necessarily your team. Like I'll watch Ohio State, Michigan. I'll watch one versus six, like, even Clemson versus Florida State, usually those those top tier matchups, and um, Alabama was not that good last year. 
I didn't. I just assume with Nick Saban that they're like always going to be the best team in the NCAA and always compete for a championship. And they really did last year, especially with the way the playoffs are set up. It's like if you're in the top four, you have a chance. If you're in the top six, really, you have a chance. It could go any either way. I think it was maybe. Oh gosh, has it been ten years at this point when Ohio State was a four seed? And they were they started out as I think a six, and then they beat Wisconsin fifty nine zero, and then became a four seed. So really, if you're within that top six on the final weekend, then you have a chance. And Alabama always seems to be there. But the only reason they were there last year was because of Bryce Young. I want if you haven't gone to watch the tape, and by watch the tape I mean just watch a game, watch a game, pick a game that was close. Pick a game like LSU, pick a game like Texas, pick a game like Tennessee. Watch watch those three. Even just watch five minutes of each, a condensed game, a highlight, whatever. Just watch it and tell me what you see. Now, different teams had different approaches with Bryce Young, but at the end of the day, it all came down to one thing, and that was pressure. Those teams put pressure on Bryce Young and got him to get in a hurry. Now, um, the thing about it is that his offensive line was not blocking very well. They were letting guys in, miscommunications, guys going totally unblocked. If you watch the Texas game, there was two different instances. Two, which it should never happen for it to happen twice in the same game against an inferior opponent. I'm sorry if you're a Texas fan. That's just true. I think Texas might have finished last year unranked. I don't totally remember, but they started out the season, I think, number 24 or 23, somewhere around there in the in the 20s. And they went against Alabama, who at the time was in the top five, if not top three. They might have been like two or three. I think Georgia was still number one. But they there was one in, I think it was maybe the first quarter, there was a blitz from the linebacker. I don't want to call it a delayed blitz, maybe just a well-timed blitz. But he just came untouched, screaming up the middle, right through the A-gap. Just right through it, right through the spot where you would not want pressure. And lo and behold, sack. I mean, Bryce Young's not, he is a magician, but he's not literally magic. Because that's what it would have taken to get out of that sack. And then the now famous play from Bryce Young where... It might have been the corner, I think, or a nickel corner. Came on a blitz around the edge. And it was just like he untouched and Bryce dunked under him. And then he runs around the edge for like a 14-yard gain or something like that. So like twice in the same game, headhunting. The dudes, I'm not blaming them. And I'm not saying headhunting in the way like New Orleans Saints headhunting. But in a way of like they could have taken his head off. And he did take some shots in that game. And go back and look at that, too. The people who are worried about his longevity and the people who are worried about him taking big hits, he took harder hits last season than I've seen most quarterbacks in the NFL take. Um, As I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, I'm a huge Phillip Rivers fan. In my entire life, I watched pretty much every game he played for like 20 years. I only saw him take a couple of hits like the ones that Bryce Young has taken. I remember one specifically against the Steelers in the end zone. 
took a shot to the back. I think that ended up him having like a bulging disc or something. But Bryce Young was taking some straight to the face. If you look at Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, I've seen them take a couple of shots like that, but he took some wallops. And also, they might look worse. You know, a a in the context of his height and his size, the hits might look worse because he is shorter and smaller. And they might not be as bad as they look, but those were some brutal hits. So for everyone who wants to harp on his size, I think he's just going to be just fine. And Alabama's schedule is pretty close to an NFL schedule lengthwise. Obviously, the player and the talent-wise, it's not even close to NFL level. It's the closest that you're going to get. But someone like Derek Henry was quoted as saying it's... Well, I've heard two different quotes from two different players. So Derek Henry says it's not even close. And it's not even in the same world. And he played at the top of the top in college football. And he said, not even close, not even the same game. And then you had on the Pivot podcast, Ryan Clark. And man, I need to look up his name. He's I love him. He's great, but I can't remember his name. Um, he said that it was harder to go from high school to college than college to the pros. So I'd be interested to see what it was like for Bryce Young. I... I don't know, but the hits that he took in the Texas game specifically were brutal. And then he didn't play against Arkansas, but he was unrelated to the Texas game. I was kind of just jumping through some of his games just to watch and see him in action against good teams. And I was watching basically any game that was close and any game that was versus a ranked team or at least a top 10 team. And... Yeah, the the game against Tennessee was good. It kind of showcased what the problems were last year for the or for Alabama. And then Tennessee was a good kind of barometer. And Texas were three that I I had to watch because they're all close and against good teams. And also Bijan Robinson is gonna have some or no, not Bijan. Uh, Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs is going to have some issues in the pass game because he cannot pass block. I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm, again, not an Alabama fan and I did not watch their games last year, but my goodness, he let so many people through. He missed so many blocks where he'd just slide too late. He'd recognize too late. He'd take a fake handoff and sell it for too long. It's like the action of the fake handoff. Sometimes a fake handoff is supposed to be a fake handoff. And sometimes it's just emotion. It's it's supposed to be like a token fake, as they call it. It's just to get a look. So it's like, I don't know if Jameer Gibbs was just selling it too long. Obviously, the, the running back coaches at Alabama know more than me by a thousandfold. They've forgotten more than I'll ever know, in the words of my old high school coach. But... I just, I don't, I hope the Lions don't plan on pass blocking with him. I don't know if DeAndre Swift was a good pass blocker. I just know him in terms of fantasy football and some of his highlights. But if they need a running back who can block, I don't know if Jameer Gibbs is the answer there because he was really struggling to pick up some of those guys, especially ones who were fast. Those those speed rushes, if they get to the quarterback pretty quickly, which they often did against Alabama's offensive line. He was struggling, and he had a few drops as well. I mean, there were drops all over the place. I think that Bryce Young would have won 
another Heisman last year if he would have had skill positions that could catch and if he would have had a line that could block. I don't know who that tight end is. He seemed to pop up a lot. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, there was a lot of names, but that that tight end uh, that he's been on a couple of his highlight videos. There's one pass where Bryce Young just it's like a corner route or an out route, some sort of some sort of route to the sideline. That's kind of the point I'm getting at because the pass was like just over the outstretched hand, and then he caught it right as he was going out of bounds, and it was like an NFL catch. So. It was like next level, and uh, that tight end kept popping up. So I am excited about what Hayden Hurst is able to do with Bryce Young because it appeared that Bryce Young, I'd have to look at the stats, but it appeared that Bryce Young really enjoyed going to his tight end, his safety blanket, because he was the only one who, at least from what I could see, didn't have a drop pass on the condensed games that I watched. If you ever want to watch film but you don't want to just see highlights watch condensed games those are usually pretty good or um, just look up every throw by insert name here that's what I did for Bryce Young it's a lot of fun just to see the good and the bad and the ugly and the the mediocre or some of the stuff that the coaching staff saw are talking about now that it's passed Uh, but oh Panthers Confidential should be coming out this week Ooh, this week or next last year it came out on like the 26th or 27th so Anyway, I digress. Uh, But if you watch the Tennessee game, their idea was to never bring less than five people. And for those of you who maybe don't know, if you bring five people, that's pretty much a blitz um, at the end of the day. Anything four or less is usually not a blitz. It really just depends. It's all semantics. If you only have three guys down and you bring someone else, like is that a blitz, I guess, technically. But I'm... Just looking at plays where they brought five or more, it must have been like 75% of them. And then plays where they brought six or more, it must have been like at least 40% of them. It felt like they were bringing pressure on every single play, or at least trying to. And there was a lot of times where they got exposed, where Bryce Young was doing like quick reads, making quick audibles, finding the first read, finding the first guy. The strategy is if a guy's blitzing, you want to replace him with an offensive player. It's kind of like a zone in basketball where when the zone's moving, you want to replace where the person's coming from. Or a trap, really. If you're getting trapped, you go to the spot where the person was and catch the ball and rotate it. It's the same thing with a blitz in football. Where that guy's coming from, you send a guy. It's one plus one equals two. Circle peg, circle hole, plug it in, easy peasy. But easier said than done. You know, if that first read's not there, your first instinct is not correct, and that blitz doesn't get picked up, which it did not a lot of times against that Alabama offensive line, they struggled, y'all. They struggled. I don't... If there's any Alabama fans listening to this podcast, I mean, there's usually only like five people listening. But out of those five, if one of you's an Alabama fan, chances are one of you is. I'm sorry, but your offensive line wasn't trash, but man, Bryce Young covered up a lot of deficiencies on that team last year that I did not realize. And if he would have had receivers who caught, an offensive line who blocked, and an offensive coordinator who knew what he was doing, I'm still not a still not a believer in Bill O'Brien. But uh, just for example, along those lines, if I'm going to insult someone, I need stats to back up, or not stats, but at least evidence. Against Texas, go watch the Texas condensed game. 
or like every throw versus Texas for Bryce Young, I counted like eight that were behind the line of scrimmage where he threw it and the receiver caught it behind the line of scrimmage. Not Bryce Young passing it behind the line of scrimmage. That's obviously a given. Uh, but the receiver caught it at least one yard behind the line of scrimmage. I think it was eight different times, and none of them worked. I mean, maybe one or two of them gained like five or six yards, but I don't know if the Alabama offensive coordinator was just trying to break one or trying to take advantage of their speed, but they were, it was not working out for them. And I, Bryce Young had a couple of good skill receivers. There was just no consistency on that team outside of him, from what I could tell. And then Gibbs was good, but he had his moments too. He had some drops, some missed blocks. And at times it just seemed like, I mean, there was even a quote on the broadcast that I was watching of the like every snap or every throw from little YouTube clip that I was watching. I need to shout out the creator. I don't remember who it was, but check it out. Just search every throw from Bryce Young versus and you'll find the guy. It's, it's good stuff. No stupid music or anything like that. It's just exactly what it says it is, which I appreciate. So whoever you are, shout out to you. I'll have to figure it out. But um, Gibbs, like there was one time where they were just like, and Alabama has completely abandoned the run. And like when you have Gibbs, who is clearly the top two running back in the country, if not number one, the argument between him and B. John Robinson was had on draft night and Bijan won out, I think. I think Bijan was taken. They were very close together. So that the Lions took Gibbs and then who took the Falcons took Bijan. So I think the Falcons were picking first. But the Lions had the Rams pick. I don't remember. They were very close together. They were both first round picks. But um the argument there, Jameer Gibbs is one of the best running backs in the country and you have to abandon the run. I'm not a Alabama fan, but if that's the case and how bad does your offensive line have to be for you to just say we have the best possibly the best running back in the country and we're just gonna not use him like that we're not gonna use him for that purpose I I just can't imagine how little confidence you have in your line to just say hey we're gonna abandon it and I don't know I haven't again just watched these condensed games and I just I don't know if that like leads the offensive line to be on their heels where they don't have that threat of just blasting guys so they can just come as hard as they want and they know that it's going to be a pass. I'd have to look up the number of attempts that Bryce Young had versus LSU. I can't find it quickly. I'm not going to try to do it right now. But against LSU and Tennessee especially, I feel like he threw 40 or 50 times. It was It was a lot of snaps that he threw. I actually got to catch a good bit of the Tennessee game because at the time I wanted Tennessee to win because I just pulled against Alabama for everything. But now that we have Bryce Young and I go back and watch it, I'm like, man, I wish Bryce would have pulled that one out. I was rooting for him. And so against in that game specifically, Tennessee was bringing like six people at least like 40% of the time, I would say. I'd have to look up the exact numbers. But yeah, every time he handled it pretty freaking well. Uh, the line was not not handling it so great and I think it was Kirk Herbstreet who mentioned like you want to get that pressure up the middle for on Bryce Young so you know I've mentioned on this podcast before a lot of quarterbacks say that where they don't like to have that pressure up the middle they'd rather have it around those edges uh, but 
there's some plays like that play against LSU where Bryce Young like should have been tackled like four times and then he gets that pass off to the wide open receiver down the field because all everyone else thought the play was dead. I honestly don't even think the receiver was like continuing to run his route. I think it was just a case of where he's just going to stand there because he's like, okay, well, this play's over. And then the defender's like, okay, this play's over. I'm going to run up and help make the tackle and celebrate with my team. And then he just busts out of nowhere and just flicks it downfield. And I also want to address the arm strength criteria or criticism. I saw some people saying that he never even threw 50 yards. That's just not true. Um, You can go find... 50 or 60 yard throws there's one specifically where he's throwing from the 45 opposite hash the right hash to the left hash at the around the goal line check that play out it was at least 50 yards probably closer to 60 with going from opposite hashes so the arm strength is not a concern but the thing that was a concern last year was that he was not able to step into any throws because Alabama's offensive line was so bad. They were just getting blown up the middle. They were getting beat around the edges. They were getting taken behind the woodshed multiple times a game. And I feel for Bryce on that one. And then his receivers, too. Against LSU was probably Bryce's worst game that I saw him play. And they still almost won against a good LSU team. Now, what does that say about Bryce? It's like... Even in his worst games, his team still have a chance to win. And every chance that he got to tie it or get them the win, he did so. LSU won because they went for two after Alabama took the single point. They took a risk and it paid off for them. So it wasn't Bryce Young's fault that they lost, in my opinion. Although you could make the argument he did have a rough game. He did. You know, I can be unbiased about that fact. Not every game is going to be a great game. You just see the highlights, you watch the combine, you see everything leading up to the draft. You're like, this guy is perfect. And then you go and watch and you're like, yeah, this guy makes mistakes. But when he makes mistakes, it's not like the end of the game or the end of the world. He just comes right back on the field and starts right back where he left off. And when he gets the ball at the end of the game, you're like, wow, this game's over. If it's tied, he's going to take the lead if he's behind he's going to tie it up or take the lead it was like you got that sense every time he got the ball like you get with Pat Mahomes or you get with someone like Joe Burrow or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and I'm not comparing him to those guys yet but I will say when he got the ball at the end of those games you just got the feeling like the inevitability of his perfection that's what it really comes down to The inevitability that he is going to drive down that field. There's nothing you can do about it. You can blitz six or seven guys. You can just rush three. If you blitz, he's going to find the hole. If you only rush three, he's going to dance around until somebody gets open. It's like no matter what. And you pair that athletic ability with his mental capacity and his processing speed and his just pin shot for the game and you just get somebody who is dangerous who can't be beat because if you blitz a guy you're challenging his mental capacity of how quickly can he get in the right situation get in the right look 
and counter that blitz and also how quickly can he make that decision and get it to the guy who is open because on a blitz usually if someone's open it's going to be quick or the opposite if the blitz doesn't get home then it's going to be the one-on-one matchup and giving your guy a shot to win that one-on-one matchup like a zero blitz where you have zero guys easy way to remember zero blitz is you have zero guys available extra either they're blitzing or they're covering a guy so you might be bringing six and then covering five whatever the case may be i'm not sure if that's why the zero blitz got its name but that's the case uh and that's what it is that's what lost john well that's not what lost john gruden his job but that's neither here nor there john gruden um yeah well we don't have to talk about him but the all in all it's like if you're blitzing you're challenging a guy's mental capacity and if you are dropping back then you're challenging a guy's physical capacity of like how long can he evade these three guys or you're challenging the offensive line of like how long can he evade these guys how long can he dance around until somebody gets open? And can the receivers get open? So it's kind of a different strategy each way, both impacted by the quality of the offensive line as well. So you have someone like Tennessee who decided, and I'm not even like a good football mind when it comes to this stuff. It's just something that I was like, this is so blatantly obvious that it's coming that even I can recognize it. And I wasn't even looking for it. I just noticed, I'm like, dang they're bringing a lot of blitzes and it didn't really work you notice the final score was 52 to 51 I don't remember I think that went to overtime Um, I think it went to one overtime so I think the real final score was like 45 to 45 or 38 to 38 something like that it was still a high scoring game in regulation regardless so I don't know that they really succeeded in what they were trying to do they got some big plays they did they got some sacks and some things, but all in all, Bryce Young really came out on top on that one outside of the scoreboard, which is the most important part, but it wasn't his fault that they lost. That defense, too. I didn't watch any snaps of the defense, but they were giving up a lot of points against Tennessee. And I don't know if it was their fault or what or what was going on. And same thing with, uh, well, Texas, they did well. I think the final score of that was like 21 to 20. Um, I think... Was that the game that Quinn Ewers got hurt, though? Didn't he, like, break his collarbone or something? So, that's something else to remember there. But, and then, if you want to get really high on Bryce Young, and you want to be like, this is the greatest thing that we've ever had, or this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, then go watch either. I would suggest you either go watch his game against Georgia, I think, can't remember if it was the SEC championship game or not, but game against Georgia, he went ballistic against what people were calling the best defense in the country. Go watch that game if you want to get really high on Bryce Young, or go watch the Sugar Bowl. I think it was the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State where they won 45 to 20. I mean, whew, if you want to, if you are a football lover, and you love just good quality cerebral football, my goodness, Bryce Young against those two, that was like prime. Like that was good quality. If you like quarterback play, you're not going to find much better than that. Watch those two games. There was that, there was one route specifically against Kansas State. I think everyone's seen it at this point, that corner throw. 
um, against Kansas State. <coughs> excuse me. Ooh. Oh, excuse me. Uh, but that throw against Kansas State in the corner of the end zone is like, oh my god, this guy was special. It's those are one. That's one of those throws where you're like, this guy's gonna play on Sundays, no doubt about it. You don't make that throw without without some sort of next level elite talent. That was the only place that he could put it. The only place that his receiver could get to it, and the only place where the defender could not get to it inbounds. It was like dropping it in a bucket. If you ever seen that drill or done that drill where you throw it really high and you're just trying to drop it literally in a trash can just to simulate how high you want to get it to your receiver to give them a chance. I mean, it was like he could have hit a freaking cracker from 40 yards away on that throw. And those are the types of throws that you don't make on accident and you don't rely on your athletic ability to do so. You can. And I think that someone like Cam Newton, and he, by all means, by by all means, he was a smart guy, but he was so talented. Cam Newton was so talented. He was able to use his athletic ability to kind of trump his lack of footwork sometimes or his lack of fundamentals sometimes where he could get away with throwing off his back foot because he's just an alien. He could get away with maybe having sloppy feet or you know, throwing across his body. He could get away with that stuff for a time. And he could use his legs to gain yards. And Bryce Young did that too. But Bryce Young is not the physical specimen that Cam Newton is. I do. Obviously, I love Bryce Young. And he does have some wheels on him. He's he's quicker than I thought after watching that film. He's got a little scoot in him. He can scoot. Guy, I don't know what his 40 time is. But he is elusive would be the word that I would use. So that was fun to watch. I never really kind of focused on his running ability. But he has good footwork as long as that pocket doesn't get crushed into him. And he has sound, sound fundamentals. His Everything is solid from his base all the way up to his arm. And that's what you want to see out of a quarterback, not relying on his athletic ability, but a guy who has that athletic ability to be able to use it. And this is not a knock on Cam, but Bryce Young just he has it both he has the athletic ability not as athletic as can but he has the athletic ability and he also has the mental capacity and the cerebral the cerebral game to be able to take advantage of both it's he doesn't rely too heavily on one or the other because if you have an uber athletic guy who doesn't have it up there mentally you get Jamarcus Russell if you have an uber mental guy who doesn't necessarily have it there athletically you get Ryan Fitzpatrick so we want someone who's in the middle, maybe, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes. That would be great. Is that okay? Can we get Patrick Mahomes, football gods? But at, if Bryce Young is the next Patrick Mahomes, I think obviously we'll all be very happy. Not saying that that's the case. Two completely different players. And right now Bryce hasn't even taken a snap. So that's just, sorry for even mentioning that name. But I'm just saying, you want a guy who has it athletically and mentally, and Bryce Young has that. So let's see where this heads I'm excited for it. Thanks for listening, y'all. See you later. Peace.